All right. Hello, everybody. Going to do a recap, sort of grading of the offseason. Each team go alphabetical order. So start with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, people like Bill Simmons have been giving them a lot of flack for getting rid of Schroeder, only getting the 2022, I believe it is, lottery-protected pick from OKC, um, and just taking on, you know, Melo's dead salary. But I think it's a good move. I mean, if you're going to draft Trey Young, you're going to want to play him. You're no Schroeder's not going to want to go to a bench roll on the shitty ass Hawks, and um, no one was going to trade him anything else for that. I mean, if if they would have, then they would have done that deal, you know. So I don't see any reason why uh, that's got to be negative at all if they're just getting back a pick. Um, I mean, the dead salary is the dead salary. I don't really see who they were going to spend that on. Um, you know, I don't think a big offer sheet for Capella or something would have been any better because uh, I don't think he fits well with John Collins or something like that. But either way, I think it was a good move for the Hawks. I like where they're at. I like that they're going to play Trey Young a lot. I like that Jeremy Lin can, you know, I think it's a good backup point guard to learn from. Um, steady hand. He's had a good, successful career. Uh, Kent Bazemore, maybe going to the Rockets, sounds like a good deal. Um, I'd really like to see him there. I, I, he's kind of a smaller guy, so I guess he kind of overlaps with Eric Gordon in terms of what they really need, I think, is a bit more of a power wing. But if you can shed a little salary um, by trading back Ryan Anderson and uh, you know get a contributor rather than, rather than having, or someone who could play against Golden State, I guess, rather than having Anderson on the team would be a great thing. So, you know, I don't know if I'd want to give up a whole first for that, but it, that's definitely what it'd take, I'd think. So we'll see if that happens. But um, I think Justin Anderson's a nice addition for the Hawks, too, in that trade. Um, with him coming over from the 76ers, Lloyd Pierce was the head coach there. Um, worked with him a lot. I was reading the other day. So I think he could be a really great fit. Um, I, Nate Duncan was saying, Hawks University, all the people that were a part of that are kind of gone, but I still think they've got a good player development program. They're certainly betting on that with people like Trey Young. And um, I think Torian Prince is a good guy for Anderson to kind of learn from, even though I think he might even be older than Prince, or at least might have been drafted after him. Not sure on that, though. Um, otherwise, Alex Len, I don't actually mind that, that pickup. I know they could have spent their money on something else, but um, I think he is nice for them. I think he's a very solid backup center. He might have some real upside. And. Sorry, I have to say, you see. And um, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's a guy that, you know, I'm pretty sure Mike Schmitz or something or Gavoni or someone on Draft Express had him, like, you know, as the number one recruit in that class or in that uh, draft class. So I don't know. I just think there's enough there for him uh, to possibly have a real shot at being a very good starting center. Um, and Dwayne Dedman is someone that can start in front of him for the time being, but, um, you know, isn't going to, uh, you know, be in the way if Len really improves. Um, in terms of like a grade or something, definitely in the A or B range. 
Uh, I mean, I guess they could have probably done a little better. I mean, I might have preferred just doing what Brooklyn did, for instance, with uh, oh, um, getting a pick for taking on Fareed um, and Daryl Arthur. But I don't know. I, I'd probably say A minus, B plus. I think they nailed the big things. I like the drafting of Trey Young. I mean, it's going to be really shitty if Luka Doncic turns out to be way, way better than him. But while I do think Luka will be better, I think them getting a solid... I mean, even if the Mavericks make the playoffs next year or something and they get the you know 16th pick, I still think that's pretty good value because I think Trey Young will be really special. And I think he'll be a multiple-time All-Star. I think he'll be a great, great player. And there's no reason for him... Um, I mean, obviously, there's reasons he could fail, but I think he'll have a great career, and I don't think that that move will be looked back on poorly. Um, next up, the Brooklyn Nets. Definitely one of my favorite off-seasons. Um, D'Angelo Russell, I think it'll be a big, big year for him. I know, you know, that's kind of a prediction that, you know, he can certainly fail. That's always been his thing, boom or bust. Um but I just think, you know, he's had a full year now in the Nets system. Uh, and maybe even two. Is it two now? I don't know. But I just think he, he'll, he's got a lot of time. He's had a lot of time there now. And I think this is the point where he's got kind of everything around him. The role players are really good around him. There won't be a time where he's really playing with any scrubs on the floor. And, you know, he's got to make that work. And so I'd really love to see... I can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him and Dinwiddie together, separate. Um, I think Shabazz Napier is a good third point guard for them. Good signing, though the you know that point guard rotation is going to be super crowded, especially with Karis LeVert doing a decent amount of, amount of ball handling too. Um, but I think I think those are a solid first four ball handler, handlers, um, and I think that that could really vault them if especially if Russell can take a big jump because Dinwiddie's already super good Karis LeVert needs to take another jump Shabazz Napier's already solid though I think that's what really getting really consistent good point guard play throughout a whole game is what really could make the Brooklyn Nets a fringe playoff team um and so I was putting a lot of credit into the idea that the Nets would rather be bad this year because they finally have their draft pick back um, and that, you know, why would you want to, after all these years of giving up really high draft picks, uh, you know, finally get sort of a middling lottery pick. Um, and I think that they're going to value, uh, looking good for incoming free agents next season. Uh, because if they're solid this year and they're, you know, 35 wins with this core, and you can say we don't really have to lose anybody and we can just add you two stars into the mix. Like what's saying, you know, Katie and Jimmy Butler or, you know, I, I guess Kyrie if he were to leave and Jimmy Butler. Like, you know, it could be a really great fit. It could be really awesome. So um, I think that's a better pitch than just keep trying to do the draft thing. Because I think you are in Brooklyn. You're in New York. And... Uh, they really, Sean Marks and um, Kenny Atkinson have really turned that into a respectable franchise. And I think that they will, they can, you know, they'd be better served to be as good as they can be this year. Um, 
Damari Carroll, though, is kind of the crux of that because he could easily get traded. Um, I think he's just got one year left on the deal, but he has been playing very solid in Brooklyn. He's someone that, uh, you know, Zach Lowe mentioned would be a nice fit on the Rockets. Um, I mean, the guy can defend and he can shoot threes and he's a good locker room guy. Like, what's what's not to like? And he seems like he's healthy now. So I know the Nets love him and I know he's big for their chemistry and big in their locker room. But um, we'll see what ends up happening with that because I think he'll be a solid start, starting small forward for them. Um, and then Crab and Joe Harris on the wing. I liked bringing Joe Harris back. And I mean, the number's obviously a little high, but I think it's, you know, part of the culture building part of, you know, you come here, we'll pay you um, if you do well. Um, I like the Musa pick. Uh, I would have rather seen them go with DeAnthony Melton, but I think Musa is um, a fine upside on the wing, and I know that they've got a very crowded guard rotation, so. I get that. Um, Trayvon Graham's a fantastic signing um, to sort of bolster the wing rotation. Got him for two years if they want it, which is, you know, great value. Just good good move all around. Very Sean Marks kind of move. Um, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Jared Dudley, I think, is a good sort of swing rotation. I think Dudley will be a nice addition, again, to what's already been a great locker room. But... Um, uh, and then we'll also just provide some good defense for spacing. Um, won't have to play too many minutes, so that'll be good. Uh, if Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, that's a, it's a def- definitely a breakout candidate for this season. Um, I don't really know how he gets that much better without being a really plus shooter. Um, and, you know, he made 13 threes last year on 54 attempts, 240. Um, 24%. So the guy, the guy's not really anywhere close to that. I mean, I just don't really see his, I mean, I guess he's, it's, you know, more athletic sort of Thaddeus Young, but Thaddeus Young has got a lot of craft and um, I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening. I think, I think if he can make just a solid jump into sort of um, just really, really solid starter level. Like, let me see what the Carmelo projections have for him. I would guess sort of like fringe starter at best. They've got him as a rotation player, you know? So I think with wins above replacement around 0.8, you know, in 2018, with a projection for about 1.6 this year. So it's like if he can really bump up into really solid starter level this year at 24 in a contract year, I think that that really makes the Nets much more dangerous and, you know, or not dangerous really, but a much more solid team and just one of those teams with very few weaknesses. And then Jared Allen, Ed Davis, Kenneth Reed, Kenneth Reed fantastic center rotation, can withhold injury um, to one of those guys. Um and I think they all offer something kind of unique. So I think that, uh, and I guess Fareed could possibly play with Davis or Allen. Um, spacing would be tight, but you could try and hit the boards, I guess. But I don't think Allen or Davis are great rebounders. At least Allen, I don't think he's not possible on that, though. But, um, yeah, the Nets, I just, you know, they're one of my favorite teams outside of the Celtics, the way they've been running things. I think that they definitely were an A for this offseason. Um, the trade they made to get that first rounder um, from Denver will be fantastic. I think I'm you know, high on Denver, so I think they get that pick. Uh, 
And so I, I just, I'd like to see what they can do. I'd like to see what they can get next off season and go Nets. Um, they've been, they've been hitting singles after singles after singles. And it'd be nice to see them, you know, hit a home run next, next off next year. Um, and it'd be nice to see, uh, some of these guys who have been around for a while, you know, Joe Harris, you know, Dan Witty, Russell, I guess, <laughs> um, Hollis Jefferson, like it'd be nice to see those guys, um, be be on a on a good team and a team that's actually kind of playing for something, and uh, you know is finally finished with all the bullshit that they've been through and kind of a tabula rasa. So um, definitely definitely an A for them. The Celtics didn't really do too much. Love the uh, Marcus Smart contract. Um, he will, I hope, finish his freaking career in Boston. He's I like, I think he is as much a part of the culture as Al Horford and Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge. Well, not, I mean, I guess Danny Ainge is really, you know, that really sets the culture and stuff up there. But I mean, having a guy like Marcus Smart to just carry out the ideas of toughness that they really preach. Um, and just that kind of work ethic. I, you know, and heart, um, I think really can't be replaced. So as much as, you know, it does make him a good trade piece and something for like Anthony Davis, where you need sort of that, uh, filling salary, I think more likely in a scenario like that, you'd be giving up like a package like Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, and, uh, you know, Marcus Morris and Aaron Baines or something like that and try and make it up with a bunch of mid range salaries. Because they definitely do have uh, too many good players and too many players that want to touch the ball and need to touch the ball. And, you know, with Terry Rozier signing with Puma and stuff, um, I mean, he he's going to be in a contract year. And we know that if he gets the minutes, he can be a, you know, 18-plus points per game guy, you know, seven or so assists, six or so assists, and not too many turnovers and can, you know, shoot the three ball and it's like, and it can defend and it's, you know, what else do you want? It's like, that's with a, with a ton of um, space around the league next year, like the Phoenix Suns should be crawling for someone like Terry here. Um, so yeah, he, but he has to, he has to show that. And I mean, I think even if he doesn't get too many minutes, um, he'll still get plenty, but I mean, if he's not finishing games, et cetera, I think he'll still get that contract from Phoenix um, or a team like that, but it's just a matter of whether or not you can keep him happy and good all year, especially, you know, like I said, with the new Puma deal, like he wants to be marketed. He wants to be visible and he'll be visible if this team's really, really good, but um, just something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, Hayward liked the videos and stuff I've seen, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I think I do buy that the shooting is going to be better. I don't really buy any other sort of improvement. Um, maybe some sort of stuff, you know, being an outside observer and stuff. And I know he's been doing a lot, a lot of film work and all that. But I just think, you know, the shooting is something I can buy into. But otherwise, you know, the athleticism is definitely going to have taken a hit. He'll need, you know, a year playing high-level basketball to really get back in the swing of things. Um, but it's just going to be so great to have him back. Just, you know... Semi-Ojale is great, but it's just like you're basically replacing Marcus Moritz minutes and semi-Ojale minutes with Gordon Hayward minutes like that is 
fucking perfect. <laughs> um, speaking of Morris, I am definitely concerned about him, uh, you know, just not getting any minutes and not seeing the ball. It's like you can easily create a minutes allotment or whatever where everyone else is, you know, still on somewhat reduced minutes and he plays zero minutes, you know? It's like you have to, like, force him in there over guys like Daniel Tice, over guys like um, Semi Ojale, over guys like Yavasele and, you know, Brad Watermaker getting some third-string point guard minutes. It's like uh, I would just rather duck the tax, start the repeater tax a year later because I don't want to hear any bullshit about that later. And I know it's just like if, if, if Marcus Morris is what's standing in between you and, like, hundreds of millions of, or not, I don't know about hundreds, but tens of millions of dollars later, like no, no rational rich dude is going to make that decision. And I just, um, I, I would rather avoid the headache. I think trading him to someone like Houston could be perfect. They know that they can just get him to just bomb threes. He'll, he can buy into that. They need the big, uh, wing to sort of play alongside Tucker, sort of fill that uh, Ariza role when they go small. Um, I think they could get a lot from Marcus Morris. Uh, I think he played there to start his career. I think he was drafted there. So we'll see. But because um, I just, I want guys like Tice to get minutes. I want guys like Baines to get minutes because I think the more the more minutes go, guys like that are, get, um, you can really beef up the defense and it's like Morris is fine but Morris <laughs> Morris fucks up a lot on defense and he has a terrible shot selection and it's like the guy is a gritty dude I know Tatum loves him I know that he's a good locker room guy but and I know Boston loves him but it's just like it's it's just not worth it for me this year and it's like that's one less mouth you have to feed and that's one less guy that's going to be upset with not playing closing time because, I mean, the way you've got it right now, him, Terrogier, Marcus Smart, we're all closing, you know, the hugest playoff games or whatever. Um, and now they're not going to be. They're going to be, you know, 20 minute a game to, two, you know, 28 minutes on big nights, maybe 30 minutes. Um, and I just don't really see that working out. So I think... Um, you might want to keep him around, I guess, to the trade deadline, see if you can get something for Anthony Davis done. But uh, I just, I want I want this team to sort of be set and just go for it this year. And I think it'd be better if Morris wasn't there for that. Plus, then you have the open roster spot for buyout guys, etc. So we'll see what they end up doing. Um, I'm in on Brad Wanamaker. I think he's going to be a great third backer point guard much better defensively than Shane Larkin. And I don't think you're going to lack for playmaking on this team. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal if he's not some dynamic pick and roll threat. Um, and we'll see what happens with Robert Williams. Obviously the right pick in this situation. Uh, you know, if we can get that athletic dunking, shot blocking, terrorizing center, like, you know, by all means, does it look like he's going to end up being a bust? Would I much rather have Anthony Melton in the long run? Probably. But um, I'd still 100% agree with the pick, would have made the pick. 
and we'll see what ends up happening. I probably spent a lot of time in Maine this year, but maybe he surprises. We'll see. So, uh, the Charlotte Hornets are definitely an A for the Celtics. I didn't give them a grade, but I like I like the the Bane seems like uh, maybe an A minus because they don't think the player option was that prudent. I would I would rather either have them on the two year deal or. Uh, you know, make, make it non-guaranteed or something, team option the second year. Um, and then the Marcus Smart contract, obviously, very much enjoyed. Also, don't buy the whole Kyrie to New York thing. Um, he's He's got the best possible situation he could want. Like, I get it if maybe with him, Jalen, uh, Tatum, and Hayward, there's a little too many mouths to feed. But I still think Kyrie Irving is the best crunch time player in the league. Like, he's still going to get to take the last shot of the game because there's probably no one in the NBA better at that, At that, you know, other than maybe, like, Kevin Durant, LeBron, you know, Steph. You know, that's who's up there. But it's like he can get any shot he wants in that situation. And... The other guys just can't. They can they can finish shots, and they can, you know, maybe Tatum can. Maybe Hayward can get a, a good shot up. But, like, Kyrie can really get wherever the fuck he wants. And so I think that's got to be valued in. And um, I don't think he'll have a problem scoring, you know, like 19, 20 points, points a game if he's taking the huge freaking shots. And if, you know, if he gets hot in the playoffs, he's going to go off. Like, no one's going to get in the way of that. It's kind of weird. I, I kind of see, I kind of see Kyrie uh, getting, you know, a solid amount of shots. Hayward getting, you know, Kyrie, Hayward, and Tatum getting, you know, the bulk share of the shots. I think Jalen Brown is best served as a play finisher, a cutter, a three-point shooter. They, they always like to get him going early in games, and then he kind of doesn't usually score too much, it seems like, in quarters two through four. Um so I don't think he'll have a huge problem. Uh, Horford obviously won't. Marcus Smart obviously won't. Um, I see he's not a very good play finisher anyways. I mean, he's a good play, you know, sort of starter and everything. Um, can get guys involved. But I think uh, he won't have a problem not taking too many shots. It's terror. It's getting shots for Terry Rozier. It's going to be tough. Um, but I think, I think if that's the only other guy... Him and Jalen, if you can just kind of get them. I mean, it's going to be those five guys. Is that five? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So Jalen, Terry, Kyrie, Gordon, and Tatum. If those guys basically take all your freaking shots, um, you know, it starts to look a, a little more manageable. Um, but, you know, it's all over going to score two points a game. Um I mean, he's got to, you know, make a couple threes or whatever it is. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, it's good problems to be having. I think it will be an issue that needs to be solved, though. I think getting rid of Marcus Morris is an important part of the overall process. And I think that um, Terry Rozier should probably end up getting moved by the end of the season, both for him and for the Celtics. And I think that's the thing uh, with Morris, too, is I think he could flourish somewhere like Houston or like Denver, um, or like OKC, 
well, like get more minutes, get more shots, and then the Celtics can actually get a good thing for that. Um, and the Celtics, in my opinion, really need draft picks. I really need draft picks coming around like 2020 through like 2022 because that's when we're going to have these, you know, we're going to have Kyrie, uh, Tatum, Brown, hope all those guys hopefully on these massive contracts. And so you've got to really, um, or it would be great to have young talent coming in at, you know, a cheaper, cheaper price, uh, no matter where they really are in the first round, but as long as they're sort of first round assets. Um, and even second round guys, like if, if all we could get for Morris is two second rounders, I don't know if I'm, I'm completely opposed to that. Um, but then, yeah, in terms of, yeah, Kyrie, I'm, I'm not too worried about Kyrie leaving. Um, if they really disappoint, if the Raptors kick their ass, if Kawhi just like owns them, or I don't know, Joel Embiid gets unbelievably good and Ben Simmons can shoot threes, all right, they, he might want to go try something else, um, teaming up with Butler or KD or whatever it is. Um, but I just see the Celtics in the finals, and I see them really competing for the finals, and I don't see any reason why he would leave that, especially when he is the unquestioned uh, closer. Um... And it's not like he's not getting, like, visibility. He's got a fucking movie and, like, the most popular shoes in the league. Like, the guy the guy is certainly um, a walking, you know, superstar. The Hornets, uh, you know, very Hornets-y offseason. I like Miles Bridges a lot. I think um, he's a good pick wherever they got him in, like, 11 or whatever or trading for shy with the uh, Clippers, but um, Bismack by Umbo, I am not into, but um, maybe Borrego gets something nice out of him. Borrego, Borrego will hopefully be a good coach. I don't really know. A lot of those Spurs guys don't end up being that excellent, though Brett Brown is certainly fucking fantastic. Um, but I mean, I kind of like Hernan Gomez getting minutes anyways, so we'll see what's up with that. Um Cody Zeller, if he can stay healthy, you know, solid guy. Frank, maybe he makes a jump this year. I doubt it, though. He kind of seems like he is what he is, which is not very enticing. But I think, I guess he is in a contract year. So, I don't know. Maybe he uh, really starts firing from three, can start getting a little better on defense. I don't know. We'll see. I don't really see it happening. But, um not a whole, I don't know, Tony Parker, I guess, is a decent signing. I think he sucked last year, though. But, you know, they always have such incompetent backup point guard play that maybe Tony Parker is a step up from that. And if that's the case, then they should be a little better. But, uh, you know, last year, Kevin Walker's contract, seems like he really wants to be there. I think they'll pay him whatever it takes to keep him there. Mistake as that will be. Um, but they should be solid. They'll compete for the eight seed. If they can stay healthy, I probably like them better than Detroit. Um, but, you know, nothing nothing too exciting there for me. Devontae Graham looks all right um, as well. But, I don't know. Very, very boring team. Sorry if you're a Hornets fan. And listening to this, I don't really see who you would be. But um, I am excited to watch the Hornets play the Celtics in preseason. <laughs> um, we'll see. I, I'm just, you know, Mitch, the Mitch Kupchak hire for the team's most boring franchise is just 
brutal. It's like, come on. I mean, where, where is this team going? They're just going to duck the tax and be okay and <laughs> maybe make a couple eight seeds and get bumped in the first round. Like, I don't know, for a team that just seems so promising and whatever that was, the t- series against the Heat, what was that, 2015 or 16 or something? It's just it's just turned into such a blech team. So we'll see. Maybe Bridges really pops. That would be awesome if he uh, if they got some real talent there. Um, but we shall see. Uh, for the offseason, I'm probably giving, you know, C, C-. minus. I don't really like Tony Parker. Like the Bridges pickup and the Biombo for, um, I don't know, the getting off of Dwight for Mozgov. And then getting Bayambo. So I guess you're getting Bayambo for um, Dwight. I don't know. More longer year, but I get that you got to get Howard out of there. But you traded for Howard in the first place. So I don't know. It's all this weird sort of stuff. But I think um, I think they'll be solid next year. And as usual, if they can stay healthy, they'll be a good team competing for the playoffs. The Bulls, um, I'm completely out on. Pretty much, I think Levine and Jariah Parker will be just awful on the wing. Um, I guess I'm 100% in on Lowry Markkinen and Wendell Carter. I kind of think it's a perfect fit up front. I think that you want to have those guys um, together. I know there's been some questions about whether Lowry should play five. I actually think that both those guys are mobile enough that you can both you know, switch when you need to and have those guys out on the perimeter defending, but also get some nice rim protection. You can also get um, good rebounding. And I just, I, I, I hesitate to immediately put, you know, guys like Larry Markin and always as a five, because I get that you can switch all the time, but if like a big guy comes in, like Joel Bede's just going to like wreck that, <laughs> you know, just ruin that. Like, you know, theoretically, guys like DeAndre Ayton and, uh, you know, even even guys like Steven Adams would ruin him on the glass. So it's like, I think I think having Wendell Carter there is a great, um, is a great fit, um, which makes the whole Jabari Parker thing even more weird, but whatever. Uh, we'll see if Levine can pop. We'll see. Chris Dunn, it's going to be a weird season for him with Jabari and Levine needed the ball in their hands. Um Dunn needs to have it in his hands because he can't shoot. Uh, so I don't really, I don't really know where that's going to go. They just seem like people are getting real tantalized with the talent, but to me, they're lucky if they are going to be better than the third worst or fourth worst team in the East. Um, you know, the Knicks are certainly going to be really bad. The Hawks are certainly going to be really bad, and the Magic are certainly going to be really bad. But um, I don't really see the Bulls being much better than that. Um, so yeah, letting Nuava go is weird. Uh, don't didn't really like that one. And then the guys that they've signed on the fringes of their roster: Blakely, Blakeney, and uh, Cleveland. I'm not not huge on either. Um, and they don't really have anything at point guard besides Chris Dunn. Uh, so that if he goes down at all, you got Cameron Payne in there or whatever, that could get really bad really fast. So they're going to need to uh, 
Suck, I believe they have their pick this year, so that shouldn't be too bad for them. Um, the For off-season grade, I mean, the Parker thing's not going to run long, but the Levine contract is, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty bad, in my opinion. I'm just not, I just don't see his defense ever coming along. The play recognition, I don't really ever see coming along. And um, I just think you have to be really disciplined and smart to be like Kyle Korver and J.J. Redick. And, you know, while he might have the pure shooting ability, um I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I don't think he's going to be able to read defenses well enough to attack the rim and score and, you know, uh, play make at a level that's going to be efficient. Um, he might, but uh, you're, you're paying him positive, like being positive that he's going to do that. And <laughs> that's, you know, the 99th percentile outcome. Um, so I just think that one was a complete miss. So I'll probably go D or something along those lines for them. Maybe a maybe a C minus D plus. Um, but they've got Markinen and Wendell Carter, and I'm um, I'm happy with that. And I am happy. I'm excited to watch those guys play. They certainly will be a league pass, fun league pass watch. And um, I don't know if for some reason they just switch a bunch and don't absolutely suck. And Zach Levine makes a huge jump and, you know, really works on the mental parts of his game. And Jabari Parker actually tries on defense and Chris Dunn comes in with an improved shot. Yeah, they can compete in for, compete for the eighth seed, but that's a, that's a lot of stuff that needs to go right. Um, I'm going to pause it here and I will pick up next with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thanks for listening.